From the beautiful city of Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. We continue our series with LADFF filmmakers today, but before we get into it, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to Film Forward on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for weekly episodes, where we not only interview LADFF filmmakers, we also interview filmmakers with new theatrical releases, and of course, we do our patented Give Me Three episodes. But today we're joined by the makers of the gripping, funny, and wildly entertaining short film, Diver. We have with us writer, producer, Ray Binstock, and producer and star, Maria Fernandez-Diaz. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Thanks. It's so good to be here. So, Ray, tell us a little bit about this complex but hilarious short, Diver. <laughs> it's originally, it's adapted from a pilot that I wrote that did kind of come out of my manager at the time being like, you really need, you know, you should have a script that is like only you could write, that o- only you. And I was like, so you want a lesbian script? And she was like, no, no, just something that's very specific to you, that is specific to your voice. And I was like, it's okay. You can just say you want a lesbian script. <laughs> and so I, you know, but it kind of, that was the impetus to write it. But as Maria and I have have said before, it kind of, the germ of the idea was a stupid joke that I've been making for many years, which is about creating a lesbian version of Grindr called Scissor. Um, (laughs) And uh, there is a real Scissor app. No one uses it. I really wanted to use it, but we, we couldn't because it actually exists. But yeah, kind of from the idea of dating apps for straight people and gay men have seen a lot of success. And as a lesbian, I've <laughs> over the years complained and to myself and others about how I wish there were better dating apps for mm-hmm. women looking for women. So it kind of originally started just with that idea of playing around with, you know, what that might look like and who might come up with it. And then it really evolved into an, you know, an examination of how we treat people who succeed these days and how, you know, as we demand more representation in media and in the stories that we tell, there's also a greater burden put upon the people who are doing the representing. And in some ways, it's a really big honor, but in other ways, it kind of makes it difficult to, you know, still be a complicated, messed up human with contradictory parts, which is what we all are, but is not so easy to digest in an icon. Absolutely. Something that I love so much about Diver is, you know, obviously it's just like entertaining and it moves like a freight train, but the conversations that it provokes after you watch it, I think are really fun to partake in too. As you said, like representation is like so important, but it is also like a a huge responsibility for those who are, you know, put on that pedestal. And behind the representation, there are people, you know, there's these humans who are going through it. Diver just like shows that conflict so beautifully. Yeah. One of the things that I love most about Maria's performance in it as kind of the character at the center of that dichotomy is the way that like the short opens with this really cute love scene. It's a straight love scene. It's a man and a woman. And it's like you just kind of feel joy and it's so sweet and it's so intimate and it's just like really playful and kind of like, 
I don't know, it's just really unselfconscious. And then you kind of move with her into the rest of the day into this kind of professional in view person that she has to be. And I really love how you can see how that character is still the same person, but is really switching masks and is really kind of being who they need to be in different situations. And I just think that it really plays out the theme of the short, which is again, you know, what's our, the real version of ourselves and how do we perform different versions for the people who need something else from us? And Maria, going straight to the source, talk to us about performing as somebody who's performing, <laughs> you know, in a way, your character and, and all the characters, they're so rich, but talk to us about bringing her to life. Yeah, I feel really lucky to have gotten to bring Sula to life. And she's a character who I love dearly still, you know, like the hope is this has a life after this. And I think like something for me, thinking about Sula, I also thought about like, okay, as a Latina, as a bi woman, and as like all of these like different qualifiers or like different things that are part of my identity, how do these play into each other and how culture also impacts how we believe we should move through the world? Because I think that to me like struck me as well as like Sula's feeling that she needs to do this, like that she Mm -hmm. does need to wear this mask, that something's missing or she's not enough. And what are those like internal programming? And also like how do you feel around the people around you and how they might perceive you and how you understand society to perceive you. And so like, to me, there was just like a lot of layers to consider when I got to like dig into her and also dig into the relationships around her because these other humans who are creating Diver with Sula are her best friends, are the people Mm. she spends the most time with. So like, that's a deep-seated issue if you are feeling like, the people you love the most may not understand you. And then two, like protecting this thing that you've created and built. And I think with representation, it gets really complex when you add more than one identity. And then the feeling that if you fail one, you might fail them all and what that might look like. So I think like to me, just like getting to dig into like, why does she do what she does with the people she loves literally the most in the world, even if it's with her fiance or with her best friends. You know, there's a moment that kind of came in adapting this from a pilot to a short film where, you know, Sula is arguing with her friend McQueen after McQueen has found out that Sula is seeing a man. And she says like, you know, this is, we're not changing the world. This is a like dating app. This is an app for people to have sex on. And I think that there's nowadays like in a way, sometimes people almost substitute representation for other kinds of direct political or activist action. Yes. You know, it's like representation is a crucial, massively important thing, but it's one tool that needs to be paired with different kinds of action and action on a lot of different fronts. And so when she says like, there's people who change the world and people who make a great story about it, you know, she's naming something where we often act as though the only, you know, the noblest thing is to be representative. And that's not always the case. Like sometimes you're, you can always argue whether it's worth more to be honest to yourself or whether it's worth more to be representational in a very unbalanced world. And I think that there's no right answer. You know, it's always, there's always tension. 
But I really like that. I like that moment because the way that Maria mm-hmm. and Bianca, who play it, are it's so good. It, it's it's really like complex and kind of you can see on their faces that there's just it's a tough situation for these people who have to sell themselves all the time to be in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I mean, you know, these are the conversations I've talked about that Diver provokes that are just, I think, so so rich and important. We're obviously the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival, so it's like representation is not only important to us, it's what we have created a home for, but these are the conversations that that we like to have because of it. So, great job. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about working with Zoe Martinson, the film's director, who does an incredible job, and I'm a big fan of her short that she did before this, Cupid. Or Cubits, yeah. I'm sorry. Talk to us about collaborating with her and what it was like having her at the helm of the project. Zoe's <laughs> amazing. I think Zoe is so awesome in many, many ways. She is great at considering everyone involved. She's incredible at helping with like thinking about the story and thinking about the characters. And I loved watching her consider the camera and how she's like, okay, so what do I want the relationship or the character of the camera to be in relationship to all these other characters? And how do I want that story to be told? Which was really cool. I also think she's incredible at keeping set really fun and moving. You feel like you're like, great, this is going to be a wonderful day. And no matter what comes up, you're able to just like stay focused and get what needs to get done. And yet she's honest about what she wants and she's honest about the vision. So it makes everything like clear as both a producer and as an actor to work with her. And her notes are wonderful. And it's always fun to like get to play when she's like, okay, try something else. And you're like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I second all of that. And so I I met Zoe because um, she directed several theatrical products of mine. She she directed my play Blue Skies at the Samuel French Off-Off Broadway Short Play Festival. And she, what I love about Zoe and I'm... (laughs) I think if you ask Zoe, she'd be like, it's because I'm an Aquarius. Zoe just kind of mm-hmm. owns her own offbeatness so much that you can't help but just kind of like come alive when working with her a little bit. She just is so, she's so sure of herself without thinking that she knows everything. She's so sure of what she's learned and yet so open to new ideas and collaboration and learning more for the actors from the crew, from, you know, from a writer's perspective, from producing, working with her is just this experience in like all of these things that make you feel anxious and can be difficult, suddenly feel kind of exciting and new and like a chance to grow, you know, because you just get on Zoe's wavelength of being constantly in a place of like, I'm going to get better at what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that like, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. make it right. like, like I think like as a producer, you come in with that mindset of like the only thing you can do is problem solve. But then when you have a director who's like also like that, like we're going to get it. Yeah. We're good. There's just like a really refreshing energy where it just does in a really wonderful way and everything can just come together beautifully. And then you're like, oh, great. We respected our crew's request for a 10 hour day. Mm-hmm. We got everybody fed. We had a great time and everyone gets to go home and rest now. It just created a wonderful environment. So I, we're really, really grateful to have had Zoe on yeah. as our director. I'll just say very quickly, the word that I think of when it comes to Zoe's method is organism. Because she really, mm. she really kind of creates an organism out of 
any project where it's not her as the director as like a hub and everyone else coming off the spokes and kind of trying to coordinate around that. She really is just like, this is a big living, breathing thing that everything connects to everything else. So she empowers you to feel like a part of something bigger than yourself. And that's such an important aspect of, I mean, not only directing, but collaborative artistry. It's really, really amazing to hear. Confident, but collaborative is what it sounds like. And it shows, it really shows on the screen. You mentioned that you had met her in theater. You both have a a theatrical background, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, yes. Yep, we both do. Filmmaking is is obviously a different medium, but I'm curious for you what takeaways you took from the theater that help inform your craft in film from screenwriting standpoint and also from a performance standpoint. Ooh, Maria, you want to take the performance angle first? Yeah, I think what's great is regardless of what medium, you're always thinking about story. Story trumps everything. Mm-hmm. And then relationships. So what's beautiful is like when you get a longer process, you get to like sit in it a little longer. But like in terms of the way you look at it, it feels similar. And with film and TV, especially, you feel like there's a little bit more structure in particular. So the nice thing is like carrying that over and thinking about like the depth and that doesn't change no matter whether you're on stage or on screen, like you're definitely mining for more constantly. And like, how is this person living, breathing in this particular moment right now in my body? Mm. And so I think like that is present. I think like definitely it's a different medium where you're like, oh, it's not a proscenium or even like a round or like you're thinking about the camera specifically as your scene partner as well. That is an intricate dance that has been both humbling and honoring and exciting to figure out. (laughs) Because ultimately, like that's who your audience is. It's like the camera and how they're going to be watching you. So that is a dance where you do have to be mindful, right? Because depending on what kind of shot, whether we're at a master or a mid or or close up, the simplicity of how you have to tell that story or what is telling the story changes. So I think that was a whole new kind of set of skills that I got to really play with. Mm. And then also just like, yeah, you still get to be alive. You still get to like, I think spontaneity is really beautiful. And the idea that it can change, this take can change. So it feels a little bit like rehearsal, but it's also performance. That dance is really exciting to me and something that you don't really get to have in the theater. Like once something is set and if they don't want you to change it, then it's set. Right. Yes. <laughs> a couple things. One, I mean, I've had the pleasure of seeing Maria on stage a number of times. And in seeing her, you know, doing readings and stuff and coming from theater, I really love working with theater actors, whether it's on screen or on stage because of everything Maria was saying kind of about the awareness of the moment and like, and that organic approach to inhabiting something else. But, you know, I was really lucky in, I wrote this as a pilot and anyone, any playwright who goes into writing TV, which at this point is every single playwright ever can Mm -hmm. tell you that like there's both overlap, but then a lot of new stuff when you're writing between writing theater and writing episodic. And then adapting this to a short film, like that was really the first time I'd ever done that. So both Zoe and Maria were super, super helpful in kind of helping me do draft after draft, getting it down to like less than 30 pages and, you know, and making something uh, comprehensible out of it. Screenwriting is 
very intimidating when you come from theater. And it's always kind of like you have to take a deep breath and take more control than you're used to. Because as a playwright, like you do have a proscenium or you do have whatever your stage is. And that's kind of to play around with. But when it comes onto the screen, you could literally have anything, you know, you could just have a music video of flashing Bjork lights. Like it's just, there's a lot on you, but it's exciting to kind of step up to that challenge. I also, this is one thing that I learned. (laughs) I learned, this is the first time I've really been on a set of anything I've written. And I kind of freaked out in the beginning because I was just like, it's happening. It's all happening. And I like had my like head between my knees for the first couple of days of shooting. And then finally, by the end, I kind of came out and was able to start watching the takes and talking to Zoe and talking to the actors. And I got really excited about being able to help kind of talk to them about dialogue and stuff. And I really learned that like, you know, like Maria says, in theater, you kind of, because it's live, like there's, if you hear a, you know, a read of a line that you feel like steps on the line, you kind of can't do anything about it in the moment. You can take a note and maybe talk to the actor about it later, but it's still really up in the air. But in film, if you want to get more involved and if you want to be more directly collaborative with the actor in that moment, you can, you know, as long as you do it with respect and kind of working with everyone, you really can, you know, make sure that the final product is something that really works for you. And discovering that was was pretty joyful. That's so great to hear. For both of you, now that you've gone on this long journey with it, and like you said, hopefully the journey isn't over with Diver, this iteration of it, this short is now complete. For both of you, what's your biggest takeaway from this project, Mm. both creatively, I guess, and and personally? I would say that it's silly because it's technically a takeaway I've had from a lot of other things as well, but I think Diver brought it home for me in a way nothing else has, which is that you're never going to do anything perfectly but you're not going to get close to doing it perfectly if you don't do it at all. Right. You know, the perfectionist in me has always struggled with doing new things because I'm just like, what if it doesn't come out perfect? And, you know, with Diver, when I watch it, I see all of the things that I'm like, ah, I do, I do that different. I do that different. I do that different. But at the same time, I also see how amazing it is that it got made and that we did it. So That really, you know, as an artist, especially these days, that feels pretty invaluable to me as a lesson to get from it. That's such a good one, Ray. (laughs) It really Um, is. It really is. It's the embodiment of us as artists. It's, you know, we have to overcome that fear to dive in and do it. Yeah, for sure. And also, I think like piggybacking off of that, trusting what you bring to the table and trusting as long as like you're taking the steps, it will happen. Mm. And also that everyone has their role for a reason. I think it was really cool to watch the crew come together and be like, yeah, that's the thing I don't have to worry about because you're amazing at that job. <laughs> and just really like getting to watch the components come together and realizing like one for trusting each other and trusting like what we were building as a vision and watching it come to fruition, that was really cool. And being like, yeah, you can trust your work and you can trust the process of like, if you don't take this chance, it's never going to get made or you're never going to get closer to what that vision looks like. And everything takes practice. So seeing it as like everything is a, a chance to learn and move forward. And then really being like, oh my God, how do we how do we not have this incredible team? <laughs> like it wouldn't be what it is. Like everyone brought in their own skill set and like they all 
like made Diver what it is, like getting our composer and and our colorist and even watching post-production happen. You're just like, Mm -hmm. wow, like this is how like is brought to a new level. I think that's something personally from that whole process that I'm I'm really grateful for. And I I will remember and carry. Well, shout out to the whole team because everybody did such a tremendous job. We are so excited to share it with our audience and our friends at home listening. Diver, come see it with us. It's going to be an opening night of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival this year, which is on August 18th. And tickets are available right now at LADFF.com. We've got an incredible block of shorts that night. Then we're going to have a little after party afterwards. So it's going to be a great time. And I also want to say, let the record show that I think Diver is a much better name for an app than Scissor. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, everybody. But when we return, Ray and Maria, they're going to help us out with our favorite segment, Give me three. We'd like to take a minute to talk about LADFF sponsor E-Minutes. E-Minutes is a corporate entertainment law firm that handles the corporate minutes for more than 38,000 entities involved in the entertainment industry. Like last year, they're sponsoring an award with the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival called the Emerging Filmmaker Award. You can learn more about our partnership with E-Minutes Arts and their mission to amplify the voices of underrepresented storytellers at eminutes.com forward slash arts. That's eminutes.com forward slash arts. All right, we're back with Ray Binstock and Maria Fernandez-Diaz, the brilliant filmmakers behind Diver. But right now, they're going to hook us up with three films that have inspired them, have inspired their work. My friends, let's get your first one. I'll say the first one for us, which was The Social Network, of course. I have so many feelings about Aaron Sorkin. (laughs) And it really, this is not a two-hour episode, so I'm not going to go into them. But (laughs) suffice it to say, I think that that, you know, that movie is very much about, like, it's trying to make a Shakespearean tragedy out of, you know, the tech world, mm-hmm. which I think at this point, I mean, the tech world has such crazy ups and downs and such crazy figures in it. It's kind of accurate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That movie really holds up. Yeah. Maybe more than any of the other films he's written, ironically. No, Even it's though very, it's like takes place in like a very specific time period. It's just very, I think that in terms of the tech thing and in terms of making tech, yeah, making tech feel like it has, you know, life or death stakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's definitely influential. Yeah. And I also feel like Ray kind of reminds me of Aaron Sorkin in terms of writing. Like as an actor, you know, when you audition for Aaron Sorkin, you like better be word perfect. <laughs> and I think like Ray being a playwright and also just like the story she is able to tell with the dialogue she creates, those words are important. And having worked with her on set, like I think like really making sure like, okay, what is the vision Ray is interested in creating as well? Like was a really cool collaborative thing while on set as well. And so, and also like the fast pace, the wittiness, these people are whip smart. And I think bringing that in and also just being like, yeah, it's kind of that, like you have to roll with it and roll with the punches that are happening in the words. Ray, I could hear you blushing. You're making the the neurotic monster in me very happy. (laughs) 
amazing social network. If uh, my friends at home, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It'd be a good one to uh, check out as a double bill with Diver. What's the second pick? I mean, we were talking about this. I guess I would kind of say the birdcage. The birdcage, and then, and as a kind of caveat to that, the L word, just because they're both about gay communities mm-hmm. and at very different times and kind of specific time periods, like you said. But they're about people, they're family stories, they're friends' stories, but they also are specifically about gay people. So yeah. it's not a quote unquote gay story. They're not quote unquote gay stories, and they're not quote unquote, they're not stories where it's just like being gay is totally incidental. But it's really about like, these are stories of people who their sexual identity is a big part of their lives, but it also isn't the only thing they ever think or talk about. The Birdcage is one of those films that no matter how many times I watch it, which has been a lot, Mm -hmm. I still just laugh my ass off in all the places I'm supposed to laugh my ass off. I still feel all the feels when I'm supposed to feel all the feels. It is really just like such a tremendous, tremendous piece. One of my faves. God, I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like that opening, it just like is the right mm. sense of like joy and excitement and curiosity that you're just like, oh, I want to I want to keep yeah. watching. Yeah. True. <laughs> I rewatched it again last night just because I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, just, it's just so good. And it's very theatery. Like it's I mean, it's originally based on a play. Yeah. You know, it's but like it is so theatery and it's so like it's just so it's oh, I love that movie I always do every time I'm sick I do a double feature of that movie and Apollo 13 which is my other favorite <gasps> movie because it's that movie is incredibly simple it's just three white men go to space they have right. trouble in space they come back from space right and the simplicity calms me yeah simple but gripping yes exactly yeah incredible all right the third and final pick the third pick was The Farewell. Mm. So Farewell is just so beautifully done, I think. Like, it's a perfect blend of specificity and the sense of, like, universal. Mm-hmm. And also, like, what you do for the people you love. And, like, a little bit of, like, how we lie to each other mm-hmm. to protect one mm-hmm. another. And something so serious and at the same time very playful and having, like, moments where you can laugh. And honestly, also the coloring. Yeah. But like the piece is just so like, I love, I love how it looks. So that was really inspiring. And then also Aquafina was an inspiration for us <laughs> and for Ray when she was writing. So that marriage of all those pieces is why the farewell came to mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Aquafina, I just love her. And if she's, you know, looking to date, that's also something that I'd be interested in. But um, yeah, no, Maria, Maria is right that I, I think that we kind of wanted a little element of that kind of sadness in there, too, because it's always sad when you're lying to someone that you love. As with your film, as with The Farewell, as with The Birdcage as well, it's like it's got all the elements of life, laughs, highs, lows, pain. You know, it's all part of life. And and yeah, Aquafina, if you're listening, you know, hit, hit us up. You can find Ray Binstock in East Hollywood at <laughs> Ray. What's his address? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Those are three really, really incredible choices that pair perfectly with the incredible film Diver and all my friends at home. Come see it with us opening night at the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Once again, that's August 18th after party afterwards 
And tickets are available right now at LADFF.com. Ray, Maria, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you all for listening to Film Forward. And we'll catch you next time. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear us next time.